Let's now turn in our Bibles to Galatians chapter 4. If you are visiting with us as a church, we've been working our way through Paul's letter to the church of the Galatians. We've been seeing this very tightly woven theme where Paul is exposing the futility of legalism, those who would try to earn or work uh, to their salvation and how uh, Jesus Christ has brought uh, an end as he fulfilled the ceremonies, rites, and rituals of the Old, the old Covenant or the Old Testament. Now we're going to find an example Paul gives us as he compares and contrasts for us uh, Hagar and Sarah. So this is Galatians chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 21 and read to the end of the chapter there. That's page 1,154 of Galatians chapter 4 at verse 21. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so also it is now. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. And that's as far as we're reading in Galatians 4. I do encourage you to keep your Bibles open as we look at these verses uh, together, and we ask for the blessing of the Lord on the preaching of his word. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, what is better, the old or the new? Uh, take, for example, the mode of transportation. What is better, the old horse-drawn carriage or the new forms of transportation? As I look at the parking lot this evening, I see very few horses and carriages. The reason is the new has replaced the old, making the old obsolete and antiquated by comparison. Well, today, Paul is going to use an event that we read about earlier in Genesis 21 to illustrate the difference between the old and the new. And those who are in the new, how backwards it would be too long for the old when the new has come. What we're going to see in this illustration that Paul uses before us is that when the new comes, the old passes away. We are going to find the tale of two mothers, two households that are established, and each household is brought to a very different end. 
Uh, children, do you remember this book called Are You My Mother? Maybe you remember that from when you were a kid. Are You My Mother? In that little book, you have this baby bird who is walking around the countryside trying to find its mother. And in the end of the book, you find that this baby bird returns to the place that they began and finds his mother. Well, how did the bird know that this was his mother? How do you know who your mother is? Well, the answer is, do you look like your mother? Are you united to your mother? Is Sarah your spiritual mother? Are you joined with her and Abraham in the faith? So today we're going to look at the covenant as Paul explains it by way of allegory. And we're going to look at this theme. Jesus Christ promises entrance into the heavenly Jerusalem to all the true children of Abraham. I'll read that again. Jesus Christ promises entrance into the heavenly Jerusalem to all those that are the true children of Abraham. So in our two points, we are going to compare and contrast the two covenants, the old covenant and the new covenant. So on our first point, let's look at the old covenant as it is explained here in our passage. We keep this in mind, the events of Genesis 21, because that's really what Paul is building upon. So in Genesis 21, we find one man, Abraham, and from Abraham, we find two distinct lineages from two distinct wives. Paul is going to compare and contrast these two women and their two sons to illustrate a spiritual point. So Paul says in our passage in verse 24, these two women, Sarah and Hagar, can be interpreted allegorically. Now to be clear, Paul is not saying what you read in Genesis 21 is only an allegory. He is not denying the historical truth of that event. But he is saying what took place in Genesis 21, being a true historical event, can teach us allegorically a spiritual truth. It's kind of similar uh, to Pilgrim's uh, Progress, which is another famous example of an allegory. But Pilgrim's Progress was not a historical event. This is. Our passage here is both historical and allegorical. And the contrast between these two wives and their two sons opens for us in verse 21. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and one by a free woman. One is leading to bondage. The other is leading to liberty. So Paul says the first woman, the first category represents the old covenant, the rites, rituals, ceremonies, the laws built upon what we can see. The first covenant is linked directly to the law of Moses as it was given at Mount Sinai. But for the sake of clarity, in these two categories, children, we are going to be seeing four things, four things that illustrate the, the context of that particular covenant. The four things, these are the four things I want you to keep in mind, children. A woman, a son, a mountain, and a city. They'll be in both categories, both in the old and in the new. A woman, a son, a mountain, and a city. 
The Old Testament law, the Old Testament covenant is linked or is illustrated in the life of Hagar and Ishmael, Mount Sinai, and the earthly Jerusalem. Now, children, you remember Hagar, right? Hagar was the uh, Egyptian slave that was given to Abraham with the hope of producing an offspring. Hagar, from Hagar, was born Ishmael, that's verse 22. And since Hagar was an Egyptian slave, giving birth to a son, Ishmael here is going to represent Egypt and slavery. The way in which Ishmael was brought forth was not, was not by covenant obedience and faith. Rather, the arrival of Ishmael was because of rebellion and doubt. The reason that Sarah gave Hagar to Abraham is because Sarah and Abraham doubted God's promise. So the bringing forth of Ishmael is after the way of the flesh, of human ingenuity, we'll say, works. So Hagar and Ishmael come to represent works in contrast to faith and obedience. And then the punchline Paul gives us in verse 24 is that Hagar and Ishmael represent the law as given at Mount Sinai and that slavery is made evident or linked to the city of Jerusalem, the ceremonies that continued to that very day, the blood of bulls and goats which cannot secure the forgiveness of sins still being offered, the religious laws of the scribes and Pharisees and the Judaizers who were trying to push circumcision upon these Galatian Christians, Paul groups all of them together and says, this is the line, the mentality, the spirit of Hagar, Ishmael, and they represent the old way, the way of bondage, earthly ways. Now, for Paul to to say this is striking. Let's not miss how significant this was. Paul is saying that Hagar and Ishmael correspond to earthly Jerusalem with its earthly temple, speaking to Jewish people. This is not what they were expecting. This is not how they saw themselves. We have Abraham as our forefather, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they would say. But Paul is saying, if you are trying to go back to legalism, to works righteousness, to earn your standing in God's presence by your own doing, you are not a child of Isaac. You are not a son of Sarah. You are a son of Hagar and Ishmael, of slavery and bondage. Abraham had two sons. You may call Abraham your forefather, but do you have the right mother in mind? You are acting. Your life is more in line with Ishmael than Isaac. 
If you trust in the law of Moses and you look to the earthly city of Jerusalem and the earthly temple after Jesus Christ has come and fulfilled all these things, you are going back and you are acting like an Ishmaelite. Well, where does this line leave? If you are acting in the line of Hagar and Ishmael, what is the end result? Well, the end result is slavery. Verse 24, children born in this line are slaves. You see, brothers and sisters, empty formalism, legalism, leads to bondage. Again and again, Paul is going to keep ringing this bell until we grasp it. If you are trying to earn, to work, to make yourself acceptable to God based on what you do, you are acting like Hagar and Ishmael, and that leads to bondage. And the end of bondage is death. Paul then puts rubber on these tires in verse 30. The line of Hagar and Ishmael, which leads to slavery and bondage, the end result is you will be cast out. There will be no place for you, no room for you in the kingdom of God. You will not receive a lasting inheritance. Legalism and those who practice it have no inheritance and no place in the New Testament church. They have made themselves an enemy of Christ and an enemy of his people, a point which was illustrated in the life of Ishmael. Paul then says, remember how Ishmael treated Isaac. Back in Genesis 21, this is when uh, Isaac, there, Abraham was throwing a feast for Isaac and Ishmael was laughing or mocking Isaac. So how does Ishmael relate to Isaac? Ishmael mocks Isaac. Those who are enslaved to the, the mentality of this world mock and deride and scorn those who belong to the kingdom of God. An implication is very clear. If you are not in the line of Isaac, you are in the line of Ishmael. And those who are in the line of Ishmael persecute and hate and despise those who belong to the line of the true covenant. Because they are enslaved to elementary principles of this world. They trust in their own works and they hate Christ and they hate his people. And in the end, they will be cast out. You see, brothers and sisters, this world is not a friend to grace. This world hates those who walk in the light. That is how Jews and Gentiles responded to the arrival of Jesus Christ, to the spread of the church with hatred. 1 John 3, do not be surprised when the world hates you because it hated Christ. So as Ishmael hated Isaac, so also Cain hated Abel, Esau hated Jacob. The world 
hates the church. There is no peace between the children of Ishmael and the children of Isaac. And in the end, those who are children of Ishmael will be cast out and there will be no place for them, no place of lasting benefit and blessing. Well, now that we have considered the old covenant and its ultimate end, we move in our second point to look at the new covenant as its time of fulfillment. Now, children, do you remember the four things I told you to look out for? The four things? A woman, a son, a mountain, and a city. So in the first point, we have Hagar, Ishmael, Mount Sinai, the law, and earthly Jerusalem. Those things lead to bondage, and they cannot save. In our second point, then, we have Sarah, Isaac, Mount Zion, and the heavenly Jerusalem. So on our second point, Paul is saying the new covenant is a a shorthand way of referring to the good news of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, that we are saved by the works of God's Messiah. This point was missed by those who are trying to go back to the shadow and legalism. As John 1 verse 17 puts it, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth through Jesus Christ. Now, who was Sarah? Sarah was a free woman. She was not a slave. And Sarah's son, Isaac, was a child of the promise. How did Abraham and Sarah receive Isaac? It wasn't through their conniving. It wasn't through human wisdom and the ways of the world and the flesh. The way that Sarah received a child was by trusting in a promise and waiting for God to fulfill it. The arrival of Isaac was a miraculous birth. Looking at it from human eyes, there is no way that a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old barren lady is going to produce a child. But God promised it, and he who promised was faithful. So Isaac was born not by the schemes of his parents, but by waiting in faith and trusting in God. So the arrival of the child, Isaac, is a case in point that the only way that blessings come to God's people is by clinging, holding on to the promises of God. Blessings are not found in our scheming, in our working. It's found in our dependence, our reliance, our belief, our holding to the promise. So the line of Sarah through Isaac symbolically represents salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ being the child of the promise who ultimately brings covenantal blessings. Added to this, the line of Isaac then comes to represent the new covenant corresponding to Mount Zion and Jerusalem above, as verse 26 puts it. Members of the new covenant are those who belong to the true church, the kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom. 
And they are shown, they are known to be children of Isaac and Sarah by faith. Stated another way, those who believe in Jesus Christ share a faith with Father Abraham and are the true children of Abraham. They are the recipients of the covenant that God gave to Abraham. These blessings are reserved for us, and they are not found in the earthly Jerusalem. They are kept for us in the heavenly Jerusalem. So those who trust in the God of Abraham are the recipients of blessing, a blessing that is being kept for us, an inheritance that is imperishable and undefiled. Unlike the line of Ishmael, which was bondage and leading to ultimate death, those in the line of Isaac by faith find liberty and life and blessings forevermore. So as verse 26 puts it, the Jerusalem above is free and she is our mother. So those who belong are known as children of Abraham and citizens in the kingdom to come, the heavenly Jerusalem. And unlike a bitter spirit that scorns and mocks, seen in Ishmael, those who are the offspring, the descendants of Isaac, are known for their joy. Their joy as Paul says in verse 27, quoting here from Isaiah 54, the joy even of a, a barren woman that can have great joy, the joy that Sarah had later on in life, the joy of those who believe. Membership in the new covenant is not limited to a few biological sons. It says that those children of the desolate one will be more than those who have had a husband. There will be many great great number of offspring and great blessings found in the covenant. The membership is not limited to a few biological sons, but those who are gathered from all nations united to Christ in faith. What unites them is not their blood lineage, whether they can actually say that they are biologically descendants of Abraham, but what unites them is that they can say we are united to Abraham by faith and therefore his true children. Once again, Paul reminds us of the privilege to bring this, this second point to home. Paul says this repeatedly, you are not children of slavery, you are children of liberty. You are children of the promise, verse 28 says. So I ask you, how do you know who is your mother? How do you know which covenant you find your home in? How do you know which line you belong to? Well, if you are joined to Abraham by faith, then Sarah and Isaac is the line to which you belong. And what you are looking forward to is not an earthly Jerusalem, but a heavenly Jerusalem. Your hope is not in the law, think Mount Sinai. Your hope is in Mount Zion, where God gathers his people. If it is your desire to receive eternal blessings and a citizenship in the kingdom above, then you will trust in Jesus who is ruling from that heavenly Jerusalem. 
When you share a like faith with our father Abraham, you are his true child, a child of the new covenant. Revelation 14 speaks of Mount Zion as the place where Jesus gathers his people. Revelation uh, 21, the heavenly Jerusalem where God and man dwells together in peace. This is what we hope for and this is where we are going. This is what we're looking forward to and this is your inheritance. Sarah and Isaac, part of your family, you are a child of the promise of liberty and freedom. However, if you are like Hagar and Ishmael, you will continue trusting in your own works. Your hope remains rooted in what is earthly and elemental. The law and your supposed obedience to it is your source of hope. To these, there will be nothing but further bondage and death being cast out. For those who boast about being Abraham's children, as the Jews did in our context here in Galatians, Paul says, remember Abraham had two sons. One lives by faith, and the other dies by works of the flesh. As we close, remember that the Judaizers in the Galatian church were using Abraham and Isaac as the grounds for forcing, for pushing circumcision upon the New Testament believers. They were trying to resurrect the law to do something the law could never do. But Paul makes it clear with a narrative here from Genesis that Sarah and Hagar... Ishmael and Isaac present two different ways, two different kingdoms, each bringing their own distinct end. Those who want to live by their own works are in the line of Ishmael, not Isaac. But the old is passing away. The new has come, 1 Corinthians 5 says. As Cyprian of Carthage famously said, you cannot have God for your father unless you have the church for your mother. Those who are part of the new kingdom enjoy spiritual birth from above. Jesus Christ promises entrance into the heavenly Jerusalem to all those who are true children of Abraham. So then, if you are joined to Christ by faith, you are not a child of slavery, but a, someone who is free. Amen. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this uh, deep teaching concerning the contrast and comparison between the two covenants. We confess, O oh Lord, that when we read it in Genesis, and we see Paul explain it here in Galatians, we are struck, we stand in awe, we marvel at the great deep truth taught already back in Genesis, that those who live by the flesh will die by the flesh in slavery, and those who live by faith will find freedom and an inheritance that lasts forever. So may we by faith be joined to the line of Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac, people of faith that trust in the promises of you, our faithful God, 
knowing that the promises find their yes and their amen in Jesus, our Savior, in whose name we pray, amen.